Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you feeling today? Doing great. It's fun to tag team this podcast with you and just record together. I always <laughs> love our time together. Well, and there's never a dull moment. And if you're a listener, you probably know there's never a dull moment because we let everything be raw. So if I flub up on something, you're going to hear it. Or if I say something stupid, you're going to hear it. And if I fumble over my words, you're going to hear it. But the listeners, we just want to say thank you to you. Definitely. And we want to let you know how you can get involved as a listener today. So Josiah, how can the listener join us on a deeper level? Well, the first thing is you're already listening. So you're already, you know, hopefully finding value in this content. Our prayer is that you find as much value in these conversations as we do ourselves. The second thing that you can do is subscribe. So you get these episodes sent directly to your iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And then the the final thing would be to um, rate as well as to share this. So a recent rating that just came in yesterday, Matt typed in so good. These guys are the best of best and have such good guests. So he rhymed. He did a great (laughs) rating, did a great review. He gave us five stars. And that leads into our guest perfectly today because we've got another phenomenal guest that we've really been excited that said yes. And so Scott Linebrink, we're going to welcome to the show. Scott serves as the stewardship director for Water Mission, an incredible organization that serves um, over 5 million people in over 50 countries. He has an amazing story and journey after pitching in the Major League Baseball for over a decade. So Water Mission is a Charleston-based Christian nonprofit that provides safe water and sanitation to developing countries. Their partners include Samaritan's Purse, Doctors Without Border, In Touch Ministries, and so many others. Their goal is to save lives through safe water combined with the living water of Jesus Christ. So it's an amazing mission. With a mouthful. And an amazing person. (laughs) And we'll just say cheers to to Water Mission this morning. But Scott, good morning. Thanks for taking time with us. (laughs) Good morning and cheers to you. (laughs) Well, we want to dive in. And I think that the audience is going to be hooked the way I was hooked. We met, you and I met actually um, about a year ago in Minneapolis on Target Field. And late one night, a Minnesota Twins pitcher named Kyle Gibson sent out a tweet and I ended up getting to play catch with him on the field the next morning, had no idea what I was coming to, but it was like a fantasy football draft, but it was fantasy impact, which meant like, Hey, we're going to not just play fantasy football, but it's going to serve a purpose and there's going to be missions giving and the money that you enter is not, you know, just like some lucky pot. It's, it's actually going to make a difference through donations. And, and so I learned about water mission. We hit it off that day. We've stayed in contact, but can you just dive in, Scott, share some of your story, your life, faith, baseball, and family with us in our audience today? Absolutely. And I really appreciate you having me on this show. Um, you and your wife have such energy and from Monday morning, like y'all are just firing me up and I'm excited Let's to be go. here. There's the little baby. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> This is our yeah. surprise, surprise guest. <laughs> he, she just stole the show. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
That's awesome. Well, yeah. So, um, just uh, real briefly on on my background, my history. Um, you mentioned that I had a career in baseball. Um, that was a very unlikely path for me. I had no idea going through high school and even into college that I would even have an opportunity to play. Um, I was playing at a small college, uh, NAIA school, and really just kind of through a set of circumstances and opportunities that that clicked at just the right time, I was able to get drafted and um, and go into professional baseball. And then that ended up being my life for the next 15 years. And I um, was fortunate enough to play for in the big leagues for over 10 of those years and just had some tremendous experiences, met some amazing people, um, still carry a lot of those relationships forward. You mentioned Cal Gibson. He's one of them. Uh, the guy that started Big League Impact, the event that you went to, Adam Wainwright is a, a good buddy of mine. But um, these guys not only challenged me in my faith walk, but also in my mission walk and, and the, yeah. my desire to live out the Great Commission. And so getting a chance to work with guys like that and many others in the game uh, to do something great for an organization like Water Mission is really a thrill for me. So uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about that. I got involved with Water Mission after I retired from baseball and saw what they were doing, working on the front lines, delivering a basic need like safe water and sanitation in places like Haiti, Honduras, Mexico, several countries in Africa, Indonesia, but not just that, but also, as you mentioned, carrying forth the gospel through that and just seeing how organically that happened. Um, I, I love the way, you know, when you reach out to someone and you provide for a basic need, how that really earns you the right then to share the faith. And um, I had been on other mission trips where I think that was a little bit backwards, where we tried to share before we really got to know them. Totally. And that relationship building piece is so important. And as you know, as a pastor, you got to get to know somebody. You got to ask some questions. You got to invest some time before you really then uh, have a teachable moment. I know that is the way with my kids, too. They don't want me to just, you know, come out and tell them something. They want me to, to sit down with them and play with them. And, and then, you know, they start to ask questions. And then my answers mean so much more when I've invested that time in them. So really, that's what we're trying to do at Water Mission. And, um, and it's a lot of fun to, to see an immediate change in communities when they get safe water because public health and job opportunities and education really are now possible because of the work that we do. Um, but then to see the spiritual impact that it has is, um, is just exactly what Jesus called us to do. So yeah. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to live that out with an organization like Water Mission. God, I think this is awesome. Just a beautiful illustration of how simple it is to reach the heart of somebody by providing a basic need that everybody has. And it's H2O, it's water, it's water wells, it's that safe drinking water, like you said. And that not we don't have to earn a right to speak to speak into somebody's life. And if water is the avenue, and if you know the living word and the living <laughs> God, like he is. Oh, it's okay, honey. Yeah, you want to say hi too? <laughs> so he, like, it's so awesome to hear that you're able to spread the gospel through a basic need. And Josiah was sharing with me before this that when you were on the field that you read a book by one of your favorite authors, Timothy Keller, um, called Every Good Endeavor. Can you share about how this impacted you? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, that was really a book that came to me at just the right time. Um, I had just finished my baseball career, um, kind of felt, I, I think I wasn't able to articulate it at the time, but looking back in retrospect, 
I think I really felt like I had, you know, spent all these years playing baseball. And yes, it was a fun time. It was, there were some great experiences, but there was a lot of sacrifice and, and challenges along the way too. Um, during that time I was married and, and we were trying to raise kids and, you know, moving around with uh, little girls about, about uh, your little girl's age. That was a challenge. Um, we even had one time before my first daughter was born, I was traded four days before. And my wife had already had the nursery all set up and we were in San Diego where, you know, we had established ourselves for the last five years and all of a sudden we're in Milwaukee. Um, so that was a, a big upheaval for us. So, you know, I, I really felt uh, coming out of the game that, okay, you know, now we're finally able to be established somewhere. I get to choose where we live. Um, and it was kind of, you know, selfish a little bit, I guess, because uh, I thought, you know, now I really get to do what I want to do. Um, Right around that time, I don't know how the book came across my desk, but somebody recommended that I read this. And Tim Keller's book really just made me realize that God has, de has designed each one of us for work and that it's not about just sitting back and relaxing and living the good life, but he has equipped each one of us with a unique set of gifts and talents. And how are we going to use that to advance the kingdom of God, to advance whatever vocation God has called us to? And it's not just about playing golf or, you know, uh, doing vacation. Um, now, some of that is, is very important too, but, um, but it wasn't just the primary focus. So I really started a journey of discovery of, you know, what has God equipped me to do? And coming out of baseball, um, one of the first things that, that I knew I needed to do was go back to school and finish my degree. And so um, after doing that, God just really led me to this organization, Water Mission, and made me see that there was so many things that the, uh, so many boxes that, 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 that this checked for me. My love of the environment, uh, I was an environmental science major, but also my desire to be in ministry and then be able to leverage unique relationships that I had because of my experience in baseball. So I really just feel like he has put me in, in the perfect position to do his work. For sure. And Scott, like you and I talked about this before, but I grew up going to a church where one, like, pew over from us my parents and my family we sat next to a former twins pitcher who's mm -hmm. now in his 80s but we, we love this guy his his name's dick and his wife's patty stigman and so he pitched for the twins and i remember getting breakfast with him as a young adult just picking his brain like i was fascinated mm -hmm. by he, okay he was a pitcher and i wanted to talk baseball and he's like josiah there was so much life after baseball mm -hmm. and that comment really just stood out to me because I'm young and like so many people that I work with are like young leaders, young listeners, mm -hmm. young learners, um, maybe pastors, but maybe they're just like trying to find purpose in their life. Mm -hmm. And purpose goes beyond even like what we do into why we do it. But for the person, Scott, who maybe, maybe they're in a career change, maybe they're in transition right now, and they're trying to discover like, what, what am I here for? Like I talk to people all the time, mm -hmm. three conversations last week where young adults were just like, Josiah is all I'm supposed to be doing, fill in the blank. And right. it's a job. Like, is this really what God's called me to do? Is like, is this, is this all there is in life? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the answer for some people will be going back to school like you did. The answer mm -hmm. for some will be a career change. But can you talk even like, what advice do you have for a young listener who's, trying to discover all that God has for them. Like, right. will you talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned kind of my unlikely path to the major leagues. And um, 
I didn't really get into that, but um, but when I look back on that, I I know that it was very much God ordained. Um, there is no way that you would take my path and recommend that to any kid that that would ask you, hey, how do I get to the big leagues? Like, my path was not a model. So, I understand that that was a gift from God, and I see that um, so many other things that I have. You mentioned the blessings that we have. Um, so many of that um, we we I think take for granted. And we have to continue to remind ourselves of the blessing that God's given us. And it starts with our salvation, right? And, um, you know, there's times, there's days, um, even today, when I wake up and, and I think I'm not qualified to speak or, you know, I, I've got sin in my life that holds me back. But what I'm remindful of is that God is, I, I love the verse in, in uh, Philippians 1 that talks about, he who began a good work in you will see it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just think yeah. about the, the book that God is, is writing in my life, the chapters that are unfolding, and just how each one um, has surprised me more and more. But I see that, that God is leading that and that he's writing a chapter to, to prepare me for the next chapter. And he's got me in one right now. And, um, and I think it's just you know, what I would say to, to kids or, or young adults that are, are really wondering about what does the next chapter look like? What does my life look like? Um, you know, we can get overwhelmed when we look too far ahead and we think like, if, you know, if you were to ask me when I was in high school, hey, how are you going to get to the big leagues? I would have been overwhelmed. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. Um, if you were to ask me when I'm in baseball, how am I going to work for a, a global mission and be traveling to Uganda and places like that, seeing those for the first time, I would have had no idea how he would lead that. Um, but I know that each step, um, when we remain faithful to him and and as Paul says, you know, his goal was to present each man mature in Christ, every person mature in Christ. Um, so that's my goal is, is I want to just walk with him each day, grow in my maturity with him and know that he is continuing to, to work in me, his plan for, for salvation and for his glory. Scott, I think that's so good. And you make work sound fun. Like you get to have fun or you've had fun and you're having fun at a different level. And one thing many of our listeners like to do, many of them are millennials or maybe a little older, maybe a little younger in the next generation. But we, as millennials, I'll say overall statement is we love to travel. We love to see the world. Um, I think for myself, I've realized the more I travel, the less I know about cultures, food, um, interaction, language, um, just just, I don't know, incompetent of some things, you know, like, well, how do we, how do we see the devastations of these things that have, like, hit um, the islands, and how do we, you know, see God move, and how do we go on a mission trip and not have the, you know, the attitude of, I'm going to change the world, it's like, no, this trip is going to change me and my perspective of travel and of the world, and like how blessed we truly are to live where we are with the freedoms that we have. And with someone like you, you have traveled the world. Uh, will you just describe to the listener some of the experiences of needs and challenges people are truly facing? I mean, what can you just paint a picture for our listener today? Yeah, well, I, I was tracking with you very much with what you just said, Micah. And, um, and yes, my worldview has been changed dramatically, um, not just through baseball, but through uh, my work with a, a global organization now. Um, I've had the benefit of traveling to uh, uh, several different continents. I think the only ones I'm lacking uh, so far are uh, South America and Antarctica. So I don't know. South America probably has a better chance of happening than Antarctica. Oh, in Australia. I haven't been there. But, um, 
but yes, uh, going to these places, being on the ground has a completely different effect on you. Um, I, I know that my trip to Haiti was very impactful. My wife and I went down there when we first got involved with Water Mission, before I was working for them, um, we were supporting them. We were um, helping out with some projects, giving financially, and we were asked to go on this trip to Haiti to see one of the communities um, that our involvement had helped. And, um, and going down there and seeing that for the first time, I thought I had experienced poverty before. I'd been to Mexico, I'd been to Honduras, but Haiti was something altogether different. And, uh, and being there for the first time, you know, really showed me, it opened my eyes um, to the fact that we are just, um, we're very spoiled here in, in, in America. Um, we live a life that only the top 3% of people live. And I'm talking about even people that are living uh, by standards of poverty here. Um, you know, half of the world lives on less than $2 a day. Right. Um, you know, when I learned the, the stats about the global water crisis, uh, 30% of the world lacks access to good water. They have to drink Crazy. water that makes them sick. They have to walk miles wow. to get water. And because of uh, a lack of basic needs, they are they're vulnerable. And now uh, they're opened up to a lot of other tragedies like trafficking, um, and things that, that happen because they're so desperate for basic needs. And so, um, you know, in one sense, it, it overwhelmed me. It, it made me sad and despair. Um, but in another sense, it motivated me. And it said, you know, what can I do? What can I be, do to be a part of this change? And I think it's important to recognize that no one person is going to change the world, that, mm -hmm. um, that we're stronger when we work together. There's a proverb that we like to quote at Water Mission. Uh, we say, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. So good. And I love that proverb. Yeah. And um, so, you know, um, understanding, having a, a, a worldview that's impacted by seeing other places, getting outside of our bubble is so important um, because it, uh, it opens our eyes to uh, the tragedies and the plights of people around the world. It, it allows us to have empathy for them. Um, you know, the difference between sympathy and empathy, uh, sympathy is telling somebody, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for the, the spot that you're in. Uh, empathy is crawling down into the hole with them and helping them get out. And so being empathetic um, is, is such a, a huge need. And it, it only happens by these experiences of being there and seeing it and, and touching it and feeling it for ourselves. Well, <clears throat> I just look at what you said is team. And I think that when you've competed at a high level, you can understand the, the idea of me and the idea of we, and that me is such a subcomponent of we, and we're going to work together. And with a, with a mission as great as water mission, you know, I think that you said it best when no one person can do it alone. Like everybody has their unique role. Everyone can contribute. And <clears throat> when I look at it, Scott, like, could you share about how, because I was reading in, in Psalms and I was reminded reading Psalms this morning about how David writes, he's like as a deer pants for water. And then I remember going to Israel and learning the idea of water because the Holy Land is very dry. It's a desert. Like, so where Jesus walked, um, especially like before water was as technologically advanced or access to water had been influenced by technology, like people settled by water. Water is such a great right. resource. It's such a great deal. And then Jesus says, like, he talks about a cup of cold water in his name. 
is so vital, so important. And it's he then he calls himself the living water. So water's relationship in scripture and in our lives, you can taste it, you can you can feel it. And so like can you talk about water mission itself and how how has water mission grown? Maybe even how did it start? You talked a little bit, but maybe dive into your involvement and then like what what difference is it making in the lives of people and communities around the world? Sure. Yeah, great question. So Water Mission was started about 20 years ago by two people, George and Molly Green. And uh, they actually had a vision for helping out down in Honduras after a major hurricane struck. So they went down there and basically just said, here we are, what can we do? And they found out very quickly that water was a huge issue. Um, they had had, I think it was something crazy, like 75 inches of rain um, over just a few day period. And water was everywhere, but none of it was safe to drink. And it was making wow. people sick. They were having cholera outbreaks. Um, and so, you know, they set themselves to try to understand how can we help. Um, they were able to, George is an engineer by trade. And so he was actually able to develop his own water filtration system that could filter enough water for an entire rural community. That's crazy. So <laughs> that's really how they started is going into communities of a thousand to 5,000 people and and putting in not just water filtration, but wells, um, and then uh, able to uh, store the water and distribute it, and then create this model for financial sustainability, um, hand washing and hygiene training that was helping people live healthier lifestyles. But then from that disaster context, it moved into uh, long-term sustainability and how do we empower communities around the world? They started working in a lot of different countries um, they got into the refugee context where they were serving hundreds of thousands of people with these systems. Um, and now we're working with large corporations like FedEx, like uh, uh, Grunfos Pump Company, uh, Solar World that's um, helping us with all of our solar pumping. And uh, it's really cool to see these relationships that just keep opening up. And, and I firmly believe that it's, it's God ordaining this and blessing this organization because um, you know, we've had some opportunities along the way to make decisions that I think would have led us in a different path than what God would have wanted or what would glorify him. Uh, we've had people ask us if we can take out the ministry component of what we do and just focus on the engineering side. Wow. Um, we said, absolutely not. That's a deal breaker for us. Right. So I believe that there's been some um, very key decisions by leadership to affirm exactly what they want to do, which is to honor God with, with all that they do. Um, and I mean, our, our basic, uh, our basic uh, idea and, and objective is to love God and love people. Um, you know, the, the great commandment. And, um, and we do that by fulfilling the great commission. So um, it's now we, we, you mentioned Josiah, we're working in over 50 countries. Um, we've served 5 million people. Um, I think there's close to 400 people that work for water mission Amazing. And what's really cool is that, you know, places like Uganda that I've been and um, you know, down in Peru, we're actually employing local people, indigenous populations. So the people from those countries are working for Water Mission. They're out there interacting with communities. They speak the language. They understand the culture. So it's, uh, it's much more um, efficient for us to be able to interact with uh, the, these populations and, and really train them and, and give them the tools that they need for long-term sustainable healthy living 
Right, Scott, I think that's just an awesome strategic approach that God gave an engineer a vision, put a burden on his heart and his wife's heart to see a need and meet that need. And I think that's just a great reminder for us as pastors or leaders or even volunteers in the ministry to, to realize that we all have gifts. We all have um, specific things that we love to do. We have all majored in something, you know, and we don't have to be a pastor to change the world. We don't need to be a missionary to change the world. We just need to be willing and available yeah. to what God has. And I think that's awesome that you guys have stuck to the plan of this is to honor and glorify God. We, we're not going to eliminate the ministry aspect just because it makes somebody feel comfortable. Like Jesus never made anybody feel comfortable, right? He asked great questions and he, he pulled things out of people that maybe they didn't even realize they were wrestling with. And so that's just a great, um, I don't know, it's super fun to hear like what you guys are doing. And for 20 years, you guys have um, stuck to your guns and just been changing 500 or 5 million people. Like you've reached that many people and we will never know how much impact we have on this side of life. But when we get into the heavenly, you know, heavenly gates, we will realize like I was faithful for it with a little. I was faithful with that one dream that became this extremely large nonprofit organization that's reaching villages and people of all different backgrounds and ethnicities. And I think that's, that's what God's calling us all to do. And um, I know that we have many listeners who may want to get involved. Totally. They are pastors, they're volunteers, young adult ministry leaders. How could they get involved if they're interested in the walks or different ways that they could like get their feet wet with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that I've talked to Josiah about is uh, we, we host these Walk for Waters around the country, and there's one actually right there in Minneapolis. Um, I think this year they're having to do it virtually, but the basic premise of this is that you walk for about three miles and you carry an empty bucket, and then halfway through the, the walk, we have one of our filtration systems set up that's pumping out safe water. You fill your bucket and you walk back the second half of the walk with a bucket of clean water. I love it. Um, so it's a great way to, you know, put yourself in the shoes of people that have to make that walk each day. And then by, you know, joining uh, the movement, you know, even the, the registration fee that it takes, uh, you know, we can serve a person with safe water for around $45 and that's, that's for life. So it goes to show you that that's incredible. You, can do, you can do a lot with a little, but it takes, you know, a lot of people um, joining around this movement in order to to bring water to 2.2 billion people, which is the number that needs safe water right now. Um, another thing too that uh, we're doing, we just launched this social media campaign last week with some of our professional athletes is a, cool. a hand washing challenge. And there's an urgent need right now in the country of Tanzania. The schools desperately need hand washing stations to keep them safe from COVID. Um, and they need safe water to do that. So right. we are putting in safe water systems. We're also put, building these hand washing stations and we're hoping that uh, this movement can, uh, can create a, a big uh, group of support, a groundswell of activity for people that wanna, wanna get involved by doing something fun like uh, filming themselves, washing their hands and, and singing a song like I sang, take me out to the ball game because now we have baseball again. Classic. So uh, <laughs> washing my hands and challenging other people to do it. Uh, there's a hashtag, it's uh, hashtag safe hands, safe water. We have a landing page too. And I'll, uh, I think I'm going to send you that Josiah and yeah. you can uh, put that up on, on your uh, space too. So that For people sure. that want to get involved. If you're listening right now, <clears throat> what we'll do is I'm going to get that email momentarily from Scott and he's going to send it to us. 
I'll put it on our website, youngadults.today, mm -hmm. in the show notes, as well as if you click on the iTunes um, description of this episode or Spotify, Google Podcasts, it'll be in there with a link to, is it, Scott, is it hashtag safe water, safe hands? Safe hands, safe water. Yeah. Okay, hashtag safe Perfect. hands, safe water. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. And Yeah, thank you, know, you for doing that. Oh, for sure. I, I love the tangible ways that we could walk as a group. Like I'm right. just thinking of our college ministry, students who love to get active, right. love to get involved. Oh. And it's like, that's an activity that like, we could do together with them. And oh. same with like the hand washing challenge. It'll be fun to watch the, maybe some of our favorite athletes, but also jump on board mm -hmm. and do it ourselves and right. challenge some young adult pastors, challenge some students as well. And I just think of, you mentioned hands. We also know that in baseball, you want to be on your toes. And so Scott, we've reached a point where we like to keep you on your toes. And I know your whole career was as a pitcher, but yes. we're going to do something that we call the five and five, which the baseball translation of this is really, this is the home run derby. We're going <laughs> to lob you some softballs, one curveball, but the okay. rest are softballs and you just get to crush it. So it's a role reversal today. You've pitched your whole career. And now it's your chance to hit. Do you think you're up for that challenge? Awesome. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've had a couple of chances to hit and I, I always, uh, you know, swing hard in case you hit it. That's my philosophy. So I'm going to swing <laughs> hard at these questions. It's amazing. Well, my first question is a little off script, but I was thinking of this last night. If your phone, um, so this is question one and, and we get five questions, five minutes, but if your phone didn't have a ringtone sound, it had a ringtone smell. And you could pick any smell on planet Earth. Every time you get a notification, it would go off. What would it be? Wow. Uh, I'm just going to go with the first thing. It would be roses. Oh. Well, that okay, so that was my first thought. But then I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. It's got to be barbecue because I love Ooh. the smell of good barbecue. Praise the Lord. So I'm thinking like a good smoked brisket. You know, we yes. love that down here oh, in nice Texas. Nice his language. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Oh, well, you aced question number one. Okay. All right. Question number two, Scott. Um, are there any words that you live by, whether that's a Bible verse, a quote, a theme, an anthem? What would that be? Yeah, um, I've got a couple I'll throw at you. One is my confirmation verse, Revelation 2.10. And it's um, actually the second part of that verse, which says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I, re I will reward thee with a crown of life. So that's definitely one of them that I live by. I've got a, um, a post-it note sitting right here on my, on my desk, too, that reminds me. It says, poverty crushes the spirit as well as the body, and its alleviation is a sacred task. And so that's something that really guides me in the work that I do and, and in sharing what we're doing with others and really just making the connection between, hey, here's what you're involved in. Here's the impact that you've had. I love telling those stories. Change lives. So <clears throat> we're learning words in our house and uh, Micah asked you a question about words. And then like, I'd ask you this, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be and why? Hmm. Uh, I'd say disciplined, um, carefree and devoted. So I'm devoted as a husband, as a father, as a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm carefree because I love to do fun things. I don't like a lot of rules. Um, so if I can, you know, get out and do something that's maybe a little bit off script or, you know, my wife is forever telling me to, you know, you can't climb on top of that or you can't jump or, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of the one that, that oh, likes get to get down from there, Scott. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 
and then uh, disciplined, I think uh, that just comes from the career that I had um, and knowing that, you know, you're the only, no one's going to see the work that you're doing, but they're going to know whether or not you did it. And so um, that serves me well throughout my baseball career. And it serves me now too. And, and um, working from home. And I think it's, it's harder and harder for all of us to, to maintain discipline, but it's something that you really have to just continue to, to, uh, to beat into you. And, and I would say that's, that also goes to just waking up in the morning and getting into God's word. It, that takes a discipline, but right. um, you certainly see the fruit from it. Absolutely. Okay, Scott, question number three. We're going to, this is the curveball. If you could okay. ask us, if you could ask us one question today, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, do you want to go first, Josiah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first I think, of all, we're dreamers. So we'll just say yeah. that right off the bat. We're both very much dreamers, set goals. So yeah, go ahead. I think Micah describes it as there's two pedals to the, to the, um, to the bike or two you know sides of the paddle to the kayak like you dream and then you do and so for us like i think that we'll be doing what we're doing but more of it mm -hmm. and like I, I look at our daughter that we're holding right now aurora like she'll be five yeah. so like i want to be a great husband a great follower of christ a great dad i want to be present and and then i look as far as like vocationally and career like i think we'll be on a college campus serving students i think we'll be investing in the next generation pastorally and then i think there's this anthem of pioneering and leadership mm -hmm. to break new ground is how we're built and to you know go into uncharted territory and to lead leaders so that's awesome yeah, yeah those are my thoughts i mean i would definitely agree with everything that he said but one other component we both love to we're lifelong learners which means we also like to read but we also want to be authors so we both have written a book um, and we just feel very passionate about his topic is more about finances. Mine's about purity and relationships and singleness and the dating and engagement and just how that is. So I would like those passions in, of mine personally. And I think Josiah would agree um, for more writing opportunities yeah. and to get out what's in our heart onto paper and into the hands of people, whatever God's downloading and to, to impact thousands of people. Hopefully we'll never know on this side, but I think that's something that God's put in both of our hearts as um, pastors and as leaders in addition to what everything he said. So for sure. great question, Scott. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love the the zeal and the zest that y'all go at uh, things with just what little I know of you. I, I know that you will uh, accomplish a lot. Oh, we're Scott, excited. So, means the world coming from you and, and back to you with um, one off script question, and then we'll give you an opportunity to share some closing thoughts. But um, this past weekend, we just discovered a documentary called the last dance. And it's about Michael Jordan. It's like mm -hmm. greatest basketball player of all time. And I'm just geeking out over this. And so I'm like, okay, I want to ask you if like, what's the first memory that comes to mind of your baseball career? Ooh. It could be anything, but like when, when I say, you know, put you on the mound, where does your mind go to? Like what memory comes to the surface first? Take well, a <laughs> So I'll answer one, like in the totality of my baseball career. Um, whenever people ask me about what's my first baseball memory, I think of T-ball when I was five years old and I showed up at practice the first day and the coach like was just throwing a, you know, a bag of equipment out there. And I think he was having a meeting with the parents, but he failed to take into account that he had a bunch of five-year-old kids that were going to immediately dive into the bag and pull out whatever is in there and start swinging bats. And we were totally unsupervised and this kid got clocked right in the head 
splits his head wide open, blood squirting out everywhere. Oh, no. Of course, practice is over. They got to rush him to the emergency room and get stitches. Um, so that was my first baseball experience. And I thought, man, baseball's rough. <laughs> so that was my first memory. But um, my word. I, <laughs> I would say the memory, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so I'll go with the first memory in um, our first memory of, of being on a major league field, uh, which was my very first um, outing. And um, it was in San Francisco. And I just remember being out there sitting on a field that I had for so long. We were talking earlier about perspectives. You know, my perspective of the baseball field was from the stands or from TV looking down on it. And it just seemed like such a big field. Um, when I was on the baseball field for the first time, looking around, looking up at everybody else, looking up at the perspective that I had had, uh, for so long, I thought this can't be the same place. I mean, everything just looks so much smaller, um, and it was it was overwhelming. Um, and I remember just being completely rattled from a mental standpoint. I had no idea what I was doing. Luckily, this was something that I had done thousands and thousands of times, and it was almost like my body just took over. The muscle memory, um, luckily, you know, kicked in, and and I was able to to get through that inning. But um, I just, I could not imagine that I was actually standing there in a place that I had dreamed about for so long. Um, yeah. It was, a, it was really a surreal experience. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. But, but like I said, that's why we practice, right? That's, yep. that's the art of discipline right. is making sure that you're doing that over and over again so that your body can take over when your mind is somewhere else. Oh man, I love it. Well, Scott, we've come to the final question. Okay. So this is kind of like your final thought. If you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing today, what would you leave them with? Wow. You know, I'm going to go to, um, I, we were talking before this interview started about uh, the great sermon that we heard yesterday. Um, we had a guest speaker at our church and he said, um, you, when, in times like this, when God hits pause, he said, there's three things that we have to do. We've got to see, we got to be able to see the treasure. And he used the story of the, the treasure in the field that the man went and bought that field so that he could gain that treasure. Uh, see the, see the treasure is one stand against evil or against sin. And then three is share the gospel. And so I think those are three things uh, that we have to, to continue to remind ourselves of, um, in whatever time, but especially in a time like this, all three of those are so important. God, that's amazing. I, I pray that leaders just find encouragement in that, that they find um, just like going back to their why. You, you shared about like, why are you doing water mission? And when, when somebody comes and it's almost like Nehemiah, you're building a great wall, you're yeah. doing a great work. Sand ballot is out there. Evil's down. out there. Distractions right. are out there. So it's like when you get to see the treasure, and the opportunity yeah. that we get to serve Christ and treasure him together as a community, as a church, as, you know, as our ministries. And then you, you're going to need to stand against evil, stand mm -hmm. against sin, stand against distraction. Right. And there's going to be moments where like, hey, stop doing ministry. And, and we'll, you know, there might even be money involved or benefit. And it's like, you know what? No, we know our why. We know our reason. And we're going to stand can't come down. Yep, you can't come down. Yep. yep, and then and then to share the gospel like that is our why. Mm -hmm. That's our common calling as all Christ followers. Mm -hmm. We have a, a calling that's very common, and so man, super blessed. And and I'll just share one fun memory of when I met you. I put myself um, in the in the like prospect of okay, 
I never got to the big leagues, <laughs> but I got to, I was in the dugout and we were in the dugout and I didn't know who you were yet, but I'm like, okay, how would I run out on the field? And I just took off sprinting. And it was so fun. He's pretending he was in the game if this were real, I guess. I'm like, yeah. coach, and the coach isn't there. But in my mind, I was there. And, and I just, like, I want to send our listeners off with that excitement. Like, hey, go out there. Do something great. God is big. Life is short. Let's just take the next step. And let's take it boldly, bravely, yeah. excitedly. And so, Scott, what a great conversation. We're just grateful for you, for the work mm -hmm. you're doing. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking some time to share about your life ministry and water mission with us absolutely no I, and i love what you did there um, and i'll just tell you that i got to pitch in over 600 major league games and every time i ran out onto that field um it was like i was doing it for the first time it was it was so exciting it was nerve-wracking um it was intense i mean it was so many emotions wrapped up in the one but yeah i, I would say you know as you're going at your job i mean you know sometimes we can get caught up in the mundane Mm -hmm. uh, parts of our job but but man the stuff that we do is no less exciting than running out on a major league field if we're doing it for the lord so you know do it run out and uh and do it with that same zeal and zest that you did i love it well scott we are so grateful and thankful and listeners you can find out more about scott linebrink and water mission when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today as well as our social media platforms at youngadults.today so feel free to subscribe, share this episode with somebody that you know will be blessed and encouraged. That'll help us reach more leaders with the mission of Young Adults Not Today. Until next time, this is Micah, Josiah, Scott, and our surprise, surprise guest, Aurora Ray. <laughs> Until next time. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.